Uh, Ruth chapter 3 is where we are at. We're going to talk about secrets to healthy romantic relationships. I asked one of our young leaders what I should call this message this morning, and he said, finding your boo as, as we're talking about Ruth and Boaz. <laughs> and so we went with it. Um, I, I recall two different dates I had. Let me start with an intro story called A Tale of Two Dates. And the first was uh, I was in my home city of Austin, Texas. We were at a dance club. The strobe lights were going, the, the bass music was thudding, and I went out on the dance floor, strut my stuff with my friends, and across the way, I, this, it was almost like a beam of light shone down on this girl. And um, I had never seen her before. She was in, in denim and, and tight black, and her bleach blonde hair was glorious. And I, I danced over towards her, and my heart started pounding as she looked up, and our eyes met, and we started dancing around each other. And um, we kind of danced through the night. Uh, probably six songs in, I got her name, and uh, built up my courage at the end of the night, asked for her number. I'm sure no one else has ever had an experience like this, but um, this was the days before texting. Anybody remember those days where you actually called people? And so I, I built up my courage. I called her. I found, uh, found out from some friends that she was one of the popular girls. And so, man, my heart was pounding. And I asked her out. She said yes. And I remember the, the amount of time I spent on my car to get it just immaculate inside and out. Went to a way more expensive meal than I could have afforded. It, you know, the conversation didn't go that well, so I'm just thinking, what can we do next? Like, I want to try to keep this going. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to just, I'm going to overwhelm her with my magnanimous heart. I said, would you go shopping? Well, it was Christmas time. Would you go shopping for me for my little sister's Christmas present? I thought she was going to be so touched. She's like, sure. And so... We went shopping, we got them, and I was like, would you come back to my family's house and we'll, we'll wrap presents together? I'm thinking, like, this is so cool. She's like, sure. Anyway, we, we end the night, and I'm like, I don't know if she really likes me. I drive her home. And for the next two weeks, I went on an emotional roller coaster. Should I call her? Should I not call her? What does she think? What and honestly, it, after two weeks, it just fizzled out. And it was really a bummer. But honestly, it was a little peace-giving because I had been on such a roller coaster. Juxtapose that to the sighting of another woman. I'm in the parking lot of a church, and I look across, and this girl has jeans and a T-shirt, and she's holding a, 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 a young child's hand which is pretty uncommon in a college mission trip. And I, I, I look and I go, huh, I wonder who that is. And I end up watching as we get on a bus to drive for 11 hours. Our mission trips from Texas to Juarez, Mexico, were a little more strenuous than our little jaunts down to Mexico from here. Uh, 11 hours on a bus, and, and, and just like you with the, the, the child in your arms, uh, I, I, I watched for 11 hours as she held a child in her arms. And I'm thinking, what college student does this? Like, what young person gives their time? It, it was our pastor's kid, and she had taken responsibility. And I, and I made note of that. 
And so I was intrigued when we landed the year after our training school. I, I was intrigued when we, when we ended up in the training school together. Hashtag do the training school. And this might happen to you. And, um, and, and, and I, I, I would be around her, and I just noticed how kind she was and how funny she was. Until one day, we're um, talking about Thanksgiving with a group of friends, and I, we're, we're all talking about what we're doing. And I find out this girl, she's from Chicago, and she says, well, I, I can't go home. It's too far. We only have a, a several-day break. And what blurts out of my mouth is, you can come to my house for Thanksgiving. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. She, single girl, single guy, I cannot believe I just said that. And, and she goes, oh, okay. And so I, I'll never forget her driving up to my house at, at Thanksgiving. And the first thing I noticed was how kind she was to my sisters. Remember the sisters that the other girl didn't care about? And, and I'd noticed that she'd get up and ask my mom how she could serve in the kitchen. And then the most, the, the, the indelible mark in my mind from that Thanksgiving was my family after the meal always goes on a walk. And so we're going for a walk and I look over at Stephanie and I had this feeling, I feel like I'm home when I'm next to you. I feel like I'm home when I'm next to you. Ruth chapter three, verse one. Yes, I do have little tears in my eyes. Ruth three, one. One day Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, my daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be well provided for. I must find a home for you where you will be well provided for. It's in the heart of God to provide a home for his children. It's in the heart of God to provide a home. That's why in the book of Genesis, in the very beginning, he looks at man and he says, I'm not seeing the, what, what, what matches you, what will provide a home, so I'm gonna make a suitable helper for you. And he brings him Eve. I wanna go through some questions this morning. I usually give points. This morning I want to give you questions to ponder, which I believe will lead you to a healthy understanding of God's purpose for romantic relationships. Question number one, I'd encourage you to write these down or snap pictures. What is the ultimate purpose of romantic relationships? What is the ultimate purpose for romantic relationships? The world is giving you all kinds of thoughts on the reasons for romantic relationships. And my question today is, are romantic relationships for a hot and steamy emotional experience, or are they to provide a home where your heart and soul will be well provided for? I want to propose to you that God has a completely different paradigm for romantic relationships for us this morning. Let's keep reading in verse 2. It says this, now, Boaz... Now, Boaz, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. This is Naomi speaking. Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. This brings me to question number two. What qualities should you look for in a romantic interest? What qualities should you look for in a romantic interest? If you're already married, 
in here. I, I want you to be watching this through the lens of you're going to help. You're in a community. You're going to help people. Uh, many of you will have, have children. It's going to be paramount for you to help guide them. For you that are, are out, out of a, a relationship that's broken, maybe it ended, I want to tell you this is very important because maybe God has another relationship for you. Or maybe you're in... And, and a friendship with someone who needs your godly counsel. This message really is for everyone today. No one's disqualified from it because we live in a spiritual family. And God wants our spiritual family to birth healthy romantic relationships. Question number two, what qualities should you look for in a romantic interest? There's two things I see from this verse. Women, look for a man of responsibility and humility. Well, and by the way, men do that too. Look for a person of responsibility and humility. I love that Boaz was a man who, he, he owned the field, but he was out working. She's like, where do you go and look? Look in the threshing floor. Look where the harvest is happening. And look for the person who actually is hard working. One of the things I told you, I noticed about Stephanie immediately, was that she had taken responsibility to help a little child. And she was taking care of this child and and, you know, I, I've noticed through the years that the, the people who, if, if you want to always be frustrated, uh, marry a lazy person. But if you want to be provided for and you want to make an impact on the world, marry someone of responsibility. Marry someone of humility. Let's keep uh, going. I love the practical way that Naomi gets. Now she's going to talk to Ruth. Wash. Girl, Wash. Don't be stinky. Put on perfume and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor and don't let him know you're there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he's lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do so. So let's unpack this. Um, I, this brings me to question number three. Who are you getting relationship counsel from? Who are you getting relational counsel from? Whether you're a single right now, whether you're married right now, whether you're divorced right now, uh, whether you're a widow, who, who are you getting? Who is your relational counsel? We need relational counsel. The Bible says this, Proverbs eleven fourteen: where there is no guidance, the people fail. But in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is that who listens to counsel. One more, Proverbs 19, 20 through 21. Listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days. Many are the plans of a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. We need counsel on the kind of person to date. We need counsel on how to act in our relationships. We need counsel for our marriage. I wanna tell you, as I have sought counsel, both from mentors and also counselors, it has greatly enhanced our marriage. It has helped us get through the, the hurdles and obstacles. I, I wanna tell you, it helped me find the right person. Who is your relational counsel? Will you just write that down today? Like, who do you actually seek counsel from? Because we all need counsel because no one is an island no one knows completely. God actually makes us where we need other people. This brings me to my question number four as we continue to look at this. Where should you be looking for your romantic relationship? Naomi tells her, look at the 
threshing floor. Look, look at the place of work. Here are some principles I was thinking about. You're more likely to meet a faithful Christian at a church than at a bar. It's like one of the main lessons of my, my first story. Um, here's another one. You're more likely to truly observe someone's relational skills that are working with others than online where they have built their perfect profile. If you found your spouse online, no shame. No, uh, but I, I want to say you're more likely to understand how someone relates to others when they're actually relating to others. That was profound. You're more likely to meet a person with a servant's heart doing a service activity than in a dance club. You're more likely to meet a community-minded person in a community event. I know these are very profound. Um, now, if you met your spouse in a uh, more precarious place, please don't go away in shame and think you're doomed. Uh, God uses all things. But I, we, we're seeing, and I'm especially talking to you singles in here, um, you are very wise. I'm preaching to the choir. You are here today. But the, the strong relationships I see are where they find like-hearted people in like-minded places. Question number five is this, how do I become an attractive person? How do I become an attractive person? There's something in our hearts that long for beauty. Right? That is why um, you go out on vacation to get into pristine nature in Yosemite, and you're there with your 10,000 closest friends. Um, that, that is why we love going to the beach. We love watching sunsets and and sunrises, there's something in our heart that love beauty. And so I love that Naomi says, Ruth, take a bath, right? Put on some perfume. Get dressed in your, in your best clothes. Uh, it's, it's this, um, here's, I am blessed when Stephanie gets dressed up. Actually, she looks beautiful today. And um, I, it, it blesses me. Now, listen, you... Um, you don't have to be, men, you don't have to be the next Thor. Uh, women, you don't have to look like Wonder Woman. But I, I can tell you that your spouse is blessed or the person you're dating is blessed when you take a bath. Spray perfume, right? Um, put in a breath mint. Um, we, we had some, some, some of my son's athlete friends over. They took their shoes off. It, it literally almost drove me out of the house. Um, that is not the way to attract a woman. I was like, I'm so glad this is just guys right now uh, because you will never have a date. Um, shower, uh, breath mint, perfume. Um, get, your nice, get your nice stuff on. Why? why? You don't have to be, you don't, you, you don't have to look perfect. But it is a blessing uh, when, you, when you give your best to something. And so that, that really is a way, uh, if, if your marriage, you feel like it's really lacking, uh, put some perfume on. Um, you, you feel, guys, you're like, man, my wife doesn't, my, my, my wife doesn't like me. Well, um, maybe get yourself looking a little bit. I, I've never heard a, a woman say, I'm just so bummed that my husband's been eating well. And he's like, 
jogging and working out. This is really frustrating me, right? I've never, I've never heard that before. I've never heard a guy be like, man, my wife drives me crazy because she just keeps putting these cute dresses on. Right? So, so there's, some, there's, some, um, there's some ways, and, and here's what I, I actually believe. I, I believe uh, you don't have to, like I said, you don't have to be the most beautiful person, but I do believe that God put uh, in your heart someone that will be attractive to you. And I believe God put someone on earth that's going to be uh, that's gonna be, you're going to be attracted to, and they're going to be attracted to you. So give them your best. But that, that, that is not the most important thing. I want to keep going to here because I love this next line. She says, don't go up to him until he's finished eating and drinking. And then verse 7 says, when Boaz had finished eating and drinking, he was in good spirits. What does this show me? Naomi understood how people operate. She knew men are hungry. And she knows men are happier when they've had their meal. <laughs> so she, what, what does this tell me? Um, the, the Bible is great about giving us practical equipping. And do, do you know that recent studies have shown that your EQ, that's your emotional quotient or your emotional intelligence, determines more your success in life than your IQ, than your intelligence quotient? And so the Bible's training us how to be emotionally intelligent. It's saying, hey, don't go up and ask someone for a favor when they're hungry, when they're hot, they're tired. No, you actually wait until they're well-fed and they're sitting back contented, and then you go up once their practical needs have been met. Okay, Selah, think about this. Woman, you, 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 you want a, a, a new dress or some jewelry. Don't go out in the middle of your husband's work project where he just slammed his hammer on his thumb and he's yelling and you're like, honey, by the way, can I do, no, wait, let him have that meal, right? Men are like, hungry, feed, no. After they eat, they're just like, whatever you want, honey, whatever you want, right? She, she understood how people act. Now, think, apply this to your job. You're, you're, you're needing to talk to your boss about a raise, and you see him yelling at one of your coworkers, probably not the time, right? No, you see him on his birthday. They brought him a cake. He's all encouraged. That's the time. Let's be smart. Jesus said, let's be wise as a serpent, as innocent as a dove. Let's learn to actually think about how other people are, the mood they're in, the spirits they're in. And then relate to them from that. Attractiveness is, just, is not just external, it's also internal. People will be attracted to your emotional intelligence. Then there's this weird thing that goes on in, in this scripture. It says, uncover his feet and lie down. Uncover his feet and lie down. Now this is where we have to understand. I, I, I love the Bible. I love studying the Bible. I'm hoping as we go through books of the Bible that you're falling in love with the Bible. But sometimes we look at this and we're like, okay, that's it. You know, some women are going, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on a camping trip with a guy like, okay, and, and once, you know, all the friends, and he's had all the s'mores, he's eaten his fill of hot dogs and marshmallows, he, he falls asleep, then I'm going to unzip the bottom of his, of his sleeping bag, I'm going to pull off his wool socks, his feet are probably going to stink, but then I'm going to lay down next to his bare feet at the campfire, Right? Yeah, that, that's not going to work. That's, that's, that's not the key here. So th there, this is a cultural thing. And what you got to understand is this wasn't a sexual, this wasn't a provocative 
deal. This, this wasn't a, um, just a, a, a physical deal. Uh, what would happen in antiquity is that a servant slept at the feet of their master. And so it was a sign of, hey, I'm here. I'm, I'm in an honoring and humble position, and I'm ready to do whatever you ask. And so that's what's, that's what's going on here. This is really interesting to me because um, Ruth actually had the right to go to her kinsman redeemer and say, you need to redeem me. Okay, so she had the right. But what is this teaching us from the Bible? It's teaching us don't go demanding your rights in life. Come in an attitude of honor. Come in an attitude of humility. Come in an attitude of service. This is, this is how we need to be husbands towards our wives. We don't come demanding our wives. Some people, oh, it just drives me crazy when, when men are like, well, the Bible says submit to your, to your husband. So wife, stake now. Right? I'm like, that's a great way to have a marriage. Actually, it says, husbands, you should lead your wives like Christ loved the church. How does Christ love the church? He gets crucified. Okay? So next time you're like, stake now, think, crucified now. Right? That's, we need to think, am I laying down my, my life? And, and that's, that is the, the beautiful thing that Ruth is doing. Naomi's going, go there and, and go in a place of honor and service and humility, not demanding. So that's what she does. And then it says, he will tell you what you should do. Okay, again, this, this you know, people have taken these passages and they've abused them. Why does Naomi say that you can do that with Boaz? She already saw, do you remember from chapter two? She already saw what kind of man Boaz was. She saw last week, that Boaz had actually said, Ruth, follow after my reapers, and, and, and they're going to make a path for you. And, and, and he saw that Boaz had said last week to his, his workers, do not lay a hand on this woman. So he saw, she saw, wow, this guy's making a way for my girl, Ruth. And he saw this, this guy, he's like protecting her. He's, he's just like tough guy that's saying, stay back from this girl. And then he saw, she saw that, that he made sure that they actually left, not just some scraps, but actually sheaves of wheat. And so she's like, this guy's pr- providing for you. Okay, don't you love the counsel that she's giving? She's going, Ruth, wake up. This guy is a good guy, right? Um, here, here's, can I just speak very candidly to some of you women? Uh, it breaks my heart when women pursue bad guys because they're intriguing or they're exciting, but you marry a bad guy, you're gonna have a bad life, okay? You marry a guy who's making a way for you, a guy who protects you, a guy who provides for you, and you're gonna be provided for. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Right, but... You know, what we need to do, and then this is why we need to be, have good relational counsel, because sometimes, you know, um, the movies say, follow your heart, okay? And the Bible says your heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. So that's why we need relational counsel to say, Boaz, good, right? Boaz, good. Lucifer, bad. Don't, don't go after the bad guy, right? And, and, and friends, that's why we need to speak into our friends' lives, and you're like, well, I don't want to get involved. No, the Bible actually says wounds from a friend can be trusted. 
Okay, parents, we need to speak into our kids' lives and, and not controlling like, no, I don't want you with him because, you know, he's, he's not making a six-figure salary. No, that's not what we're speaking. We're going, that person's character, they're not going to lead you right. That person, they're not following after Jesus. That person, oh, they, 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 they're not a safe person. We need to speak into our community's lives and help them see the Boazes of this world. All right. Let's pivot and talk to men for a minute. Um, verse 7 through 9. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lay down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth had approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned, and there was a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? He asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are my guardian redeemer of our family. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. The kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You've not run after, look at that, you have not run after the younger men. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the peoples of the town know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it's true that I'm a garden redeemer of your family, there's another who's more closely related than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, good. Let him redeem you. But if he's not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lay here until morning. Uh, here's what I see in this. What a man of God values, what a man of God values more than sex appeal is kindness, is a woman of noble character. Women, I, I know I was telling you to take a bath and to put on perfume and get on your nice clothes, but I, I, I also want to say that there are many women who have spent their life looking perfect but have devastated internal lives. The greatest way you can prepare for a man is to have noble character. The greatest thing you can do for your husband is to be a woman of kindness and honor. Uh, and here's, here's what I love, men. Uh, some of, some of, of, of us, you know, we live in a culture that so glamorizes outer, outer appearance. And we're constantly, you know, we, we're, half of us men are going to go home and watch Sunday football. And on one side, it's really enjoyable, and on the other side, it reminds us of how incredibly unathletic we are, right? These guys are doing these one-handed magical catches, right? And, and, and it's just like, that's impossible. And their, their biceps are like three times the size of our quads. And, and you're just like, how, how is that possible? Your veins have veins, can't even get one vein to pop out, right? And, and I, I love the Bible because the Bible shows that, I love what Boaz says. He's like, Ruth, he gets the girl in the end, by the way. And he's like, you didn't run after the younger and the richer man. Can I just tell you, it's not always the younger and the richer that get the woman. It's, it's the Bible shows us it's the people of character. It's the people of hard work. It's the people of integrity. I'm loving this. And now, my daughter, 
don't be afraid, I'll do whatever you ask. All the people of town know what a woman of noble character you are. Um, you know, I, I, I've, uh, here's, here's an interesting thing I've noticed. I've never seen a rich person struggle to, to, to have a, a romantic relationship, like to get one. I've never seen, like, people with a ton of money, I've never seen them not be able to attract someone. But I often see them not be able to keep them. Um, Just because something draws a person doesn't mean it can keep a person or have a healthy relationship. Right? And so I, I, I love what you see because this becomes one of the most beautiful relationships in all of Scripture. He goes on to say in verse 12, although it's true that I am your guardian redeemer of your family. I'm your guardian redeemer. Um, at two very important gifts that God gives you in a relationship. One, they're a guardian. Um, don't ever yoke yourself to someone who doesn't protect you. Don't ever, if you're, if, you're, if you're in a dating relationship or you're looking to a dating relationship, that person is called to be a guardian. Uh, and they're also called to be a redeemer. What does that mean? A, uh, a relationship from God will make you closer to God. Right? The scripture is very clear. Don't be unequally yoked. Don't even consider dating someone that's not a follower of Jesus. Okay? Now, if, if your relationship started that way, I have seen God change things. I've seen him transform people. But I never encourage you to do missionary dating, right? Well, that guy is handsome. He needs to be in the kingdom. I'm going to win him by dating him. And certainly he'll find Jesus. I've, I've seen a lot of heartbreak and pain from that way. Uh, the person that you're to be with is going to actually be a redeemer in your life. Now, they can't redeem you. Jesus is the only one who redeems you. But they actually play a redemptive purpose. When a relationship is from God, it's going to draw you closer to someone. And so people always ask Pastor, do you believe there's only one person? Do you believe there's only, have you ever asked that question? Do you think there's only one person? Um, my answer is, for me, yes. Um, I, the, the Bible says this in, in Psalm 119. He knit you together in your mother's womb. Um, and, and, and he says this in, Psalm, in, in Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you. Uh, God has a perfect plan. He had a perfect plan for me. I cannot imagine uh, another woman who could have tolerated me. <laughs> There's someone who knows me. Um, poor, poor Steph has been on more uh, Indiana Jones for Jesus mission trips in the craziest countries, risking our lives, and half the time I get sick. And so then she's like caring for me. Um, I'll, I'll never forget when I got food poisoning in Macedonia. Some of you haven't heard of Macedonia. And they, they, the ambulance came. It looked like a clown car. And instead of taking me to the hospital, she was afraid that I'd die in a hospital because they were dirtier than, the, than, than, than a normal life. And so she was like, no, you're going to take care of them here. She, they, she had them put a, a uh, uh, what, what are those things called, Steph? An IV. They hung it to the light bulb above the, the room. And she wouldn't let them take me anywhere. Uh, she's put me on her shoulder and carried me before. There, there is only one woman in this world for me. Now, 
Now, now what about you that say, I'm not sure that I married the right person? Because that's, that's a legitimate thing, right? What, what if you think, I didn't marry the right person? Here's the beautiful thing about God. Romans 8, 28. Now, I know in all things that God works for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You're like, Robert, I did it all wrong, right? I, 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 I'm, I married the, the person sitting in the bar next to me. Um, they were an unbeliever, and I thought I'll win them for Jesus. Um, they don't take baths much. They don't wear perfume. Uh, they always ask me for things before I've eaten, um, right? Uh, you know that God is the God of second chances. Do you know that God is full of grace? Do you know that God, he takes our mistakes, he takes our ashes and turns them into beauty. So today you're listening and going, I did everything wrong. I didn't marry Boaz, I married Bozo. And God's saying, God, God is, is saying, no, I make all things new. I am the redeemer. I am the one who can, t- who can win with a pair of twos in a card game. He takes things. I, I, let's just finish this, this, uh, this message. Um, he also said, so he says stay for the night in the morning. And, and, and so my, my last two points, I just I need you to see this. Um, he, he says wait for the morning. And if he's not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. There, there is always, let me just say, in every relationship, there's always a waiting period. Um, there's always a, a, a holding on to hope period. Whether that's in a dating relationship, you heard uh, Hudson, our young adults pastor, talk about how he wanted to marry Chloe and then it seemed impossible. Uh, there's always the time of impossibility in relationships where it looks like it's not gonna happen. You're single, you wanna be married, God's told you you're gonna be married and it just seems impossible because the, the person you wanna marry is on a dating fast or because the person you marry is sent away for a long time, or the person you marry, you haven't even found them yet. You're like, I just, I don't, I don't, I'm totally single. I don't see anyone. Or there's times of waiting in a marriage where you're like, no, my husband, he is bozo. He is not Boaz. And there's this waiting where you're like, you're crying out and depending on God, right? Because ultimately, Christian relationships, you can't do it in your own strength. You gotta have the grace of God. You gotta have him working, his power, his power working unconditional love in you, his power over your relationship. He also said, let's finish with this, verse 15 through 18. He also said, bring me the shawl you're wearing and hold it out. And when she did so, he poured it into its six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. Then he went back to her. Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her. So she goes back to Naomi. Ruth goes back to Naomi, tells her everything Boaz has done for her, and added, and he gave me these six measures of barley, saying, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Question six, what are the values to look for in a potential mate. They actually care about the things that are important to you. They actually care about your people. This man, right, I keep talking about the miracles of the book of Ruth. This man loved his mother-in-law, right? And he's, he's sending her home with food to take care of her, right? This is, only God can do this in us because in the earth, 
infatuations. We just want the person all to ourselves. But in a godly relationship, we're like, I love you, and so I'm going to care for you. I'm going to care for your people. I'm going to serve. I'm going to help you. I'm going to make life better. They actually help. They actually value what you care about. Then let's just finish. Then Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. What does this tell me? People of God take action. People of God take action. We're not like the world. Um, it's, it, isn't it awkward when you see a couple and you're like, you know they're a couple, and you say, hey, how long have you been together? And they're like, um, uh, eh, I don't, what we're, no, we're, uh, and you're like, dude, just get the courage and ask the girl out, right? Just, um, he will not rest until the matter is settled. Um, guys, can I just encourage you? Ask women of God out. The girls are like, amen. Um, women, uh, you don't have to run from the men. You know, there, uh, there's some girls who are like, I really want to be married. You, then you have to talk to someone. Like, you, you can't just run away. People of God, here here is what romantic relationships take risk, okay? And here's one thing that I want to give you permission uh, for in this church, for you to have failed dating relationships and fail, why? You don't, because you don't have to do it perfect and actually a failed dating relationship is a win because more and more it's making you like Jesus, you're having to trust in him, more and more you're having to learn how to treat people well. Okay, and, and, and a failed dating relationship is better than a failed marriage, okay? And, and here's what I want to say to you that have failed marriages. God gives second chances, and he gives third chances, and he's a God of grace, and he's a God. I have, some of my closest friends are people that, that have been divorced before, and God comes and steps in and shows them, I'm your husband, or I'm your spouse, and I am, I am going to meet you in that place of your pain, and and, and I'm going to either, it's either going to be best for you that I'm going to draw near to you and your singleness and you're going to know an intimacy because of the suffering that you have gone through that is the very best for you or he's like, hey, I'm going to make all things new and I'm going to bring someone. And this next thing, it's going to work out for the good of those who love God and calling to his purposes. Let me just read this last statement I wrote down. What we learned from the book of Ruth is that God cares about our romantic relationships. And he's constantly taking people who have had challenges, brokenness, and pain and helping them find healthy relationships. Not perfect, mind you, but relationships that heal us and heal others and demonstrate his love and grace to a hurting and broken world. Why don't we stand up? In the Bible, amazing. It, it, it just addresses all the different aspects of our life, and it fills us with hope and faith. Would you close your eyes with me? Father, today I am praying there are few areas in life that have brought more pain and have brought more sorrow than the area of relationships. And what's crazy about that is we also recognize it's one of the areas that brings the most joy and contentment. And so, Lord, the amazing thing about you is that you are sovereign. And so, Lord, for those that hear a message like that, today and are just in a place of great pain. Lord, we thank you that you're the friend that sticks closer than a brother and you're a father who's gracious and compassionate. You're slow to anger and rich in love. 
if you need healing in the romantic area of your life today, I just want to encourage you, put your hand on your heart. And let's just ask God to comfort you. Let's ask God to restore you. He cares. He's cried with you. He's seen your suffering. Oh, Lord, touch my brothers and sisters today. Touch the ones that feel alone today. Come near to them. Lord, for the single ones that are crying out for a spouse, oh, Lord, we say protect them. Lead them not into temptation. Deliver them from evil. And we pray, Lord, over our whole spiritual family. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, we pray for immeasurably more in relationships today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Could I have some prayer team come forward right now? We want to pray for you. This message just elicited a, a, a need for prayer. We want to pray for you or perhaps... It's not the message. You just need to give your life to Jesus today. You, you want to pray and ask him to be your Lord and Savior. You want prayer for healing. You want prayer for breakthrough. You just come now. This last few moments of singing, you just come now. And let's pray for you. You keep on getting better. You keep on getting better, Jesus. Keep on getting better. You keep on getting better. Keep on getting better. You keep on getting better. Oh, keep on getting better. Keep on getting better. Say you are good. Say you are good. In the morning I say you are good. In the evening I say you are good. Lord, we love you so much. We're so thankful that you see our relationships, God, that you want us to have awesome, God-fearing, fun, amazing, romantic relationships. Father, we just pray that uh, you breathe life into that area of our lives. So, Father, we love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, everyone. Hey, thank you so much for coming out this Sunday. Don't forget, college students, this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., we're having a bonfire. Make sure to be there. And if you're a life group leader, if you're an aspiring life group leader, come here. Uh, October 2nd, after services, we're going to have a leaders gathering. Don't forget. Have a great Sunday. We will see you next week.
Hey, thank you for joining us today. We believe and hope that God encountered you in a radical way, and we want you to be able to take a next step as you walk with Jesus right where you are. So hey, go to the chat if you have a prayer request or you wanna ask a question. Our live stream host is there and ready to pray for you and connect with you. There's also many more resources and info on our YouTube channel, on our website, and on social media. So engage in those places as you take a step forward with God, and we can't wait to see you soon at our next gathering. God bless you.
that tip over pack. Supposedly lost thing now. What makes me think, you know, we need to do is have a specific space for loads of clips. 